0: Hello and welcome, today I have a special treat for you, as we'll be talking all about the prequel news that erupted in the last couple weeks. Unfortunately my raven got lost along the way, went to Doran first, it was a whole mess. Fortunately though, a wizard is never late nor is he early, he arrives precisely when he means to. It's the same with the news. The big news itself is that unfortunately the Long Night has died and the House of the Dragon has erupted to take its place. As it turns out in the world of prequel shows, there's still quite a lot of death and a Game of Thrones to be played. Let's start with the now-dead Long Night prequel, The Long Night or Blood Moon, depending on which source you believe, which was being helmed by Jane Goldman. The Long Night was slated to be a story set in the far, far past Westeros, featuring the uncertain and exciting times of myth and legend known as the Age of Heroes. This would have covered the rise of House Stark under the legendary Bran the Builder, Land the Clever, winkling away Casterly Rock from the Casterlies, creating House Lannister, Darth Greenhand and his children spreading all across Westeros, planting weirwoods as they went, the war between the First Men and the Children of the Forest, and the biggest reported draw, the origin of the Night King and his icy fellows. The Long Night promised to answer many of these questions with their teaser, Only one thing is for sure, from the horrifying secrets of Westeros' history to the true origin of the White Walkers, the mysteries of the East to the Starks of legend, it's not the story we think we know. The tremendous task fell to Jane Goldman, a very capable and successful writer in the world of Hollywood. Her resume boasts such works as Kick-Ass, Stardust, X-Men First Class and Days of Future Past, and Kingsman the Secret Service and the Golden Circle. Her skill set seemed tailor-made to make a show featuring the high fantasy times of the Age of Heroes, which based on casting would have featured heavily the Children of the Forest and other mythical races, alongside what seemed to be an increased focus on the magic of the world. As well, most of her projects were adaptations. Stardust was written by Neil Gaiman, X-Men what has decades in material, Kickass and Kingsman were also both comic book stories as well, so with the World of Ice and Fire and the comic book loving George R. R. Martin on board to fill in the blanks, The Long Night seemed very promising and to be in good hands. A pilot was ordered, casting was completed with a formidable cast boasting the likes of Naomi Watts, James Whitehouse, Naomi Aki, Sheila Atten, and more. According to reporting from Watchers on the Wall, shooting was taking place in Northern Ireland, which we do expect, along with many sets constructed that look to be featuring lots of caves, which makes you think of the Children of the Forest, Casterly Rock, and possibly the Crypts of Winterfell. But also interestingly, there was some shooting that seemed to be taking place in the Canary Islands, which indicated there was gonna be a stronger focus on places like Essos, Noth, or the Summer Isles. There's been no official indications from HBO on why the show was canceled outright after the pilot, which already was reportedly sent back for a re-edit. It's also not uncommon for pilot episodes to be redone. The Game of Thrones pilot was notoriously terrible, and has never seen the light of day. This is why, for instance, the actor who played William R. Royce, Jamie Campbell Bower had to be recast to Rob Osler, although to my infinite delight and a Waymar Royce aficionado, Jamie had been cast in The Long Night and delivered the most succinct reaction to hearing that his show had been canceled. One main problem, it appears, was fan reaction to season eight and seven. The show had invented the character of the Night King. He does not exist in the books, as well as the scenes with with the drawings in the caves, the child on the block of ice, These were all made up for the show and quite a few fans, not myself, but but there were quite a few voices expressing disappointment that the Night King and the White Walkers were not the actual end game of the series, as Arya Stark drove a dagger through the Night King's chest and destroyed their whole race with several more episodes to go. In addition, the end of the show seemed to hinge much more on the rise of House Stark and the Children of the Forest rather than what many predicted, which was going to be a renewed dynasty of the Targaryens or Jon Snow on the throne. This may have led HBO's executives to rethink their Night King White Walker heavy strategy that was going to be in The Long Night. People were disappointed and losing interest in the character from the way the show ended. They might not tune in for an entire prequel that centered around its creation. In addition, when you read what Martin wrote about The Long Night Show compared to what he wrote about The House of the Dragon Show, it is particularly telling how he felt about the different projects. He comments on his interactions with Jane Goldman. It goes without saying that I was saddened to hear the show would not be going to series. Jane Goldman is a terrific screenwriter, and I enjoyed brainstorming with her. To be frank, brainstorming does not sound like he was heavily involved, nowhere near as much as he was with the beginning of Game of Thrones, and nowhere near as much as he seems to be excited about House of the Dragon. Which makes sense, the plotlines Gene Goldman would have been writing would have had to be made up anew by Martin since they really don't exist except in these vague lines and conflicting legends scattered throughout the Song of Ice and Fire and his encyclopedia, The World of Ice and Fire. Also recently, Martin detailed the list of projects he is coming out once he finishes The Winds of Winter, knock on wood, and nowhere on that is a return to the Age of Heroes or these myths and legends rather it seems exclusively focused on finishing the main series, writing another volume of Fire and Blood, and more duncan Egg, another short story series focusing on the Targaryens. Which brings us to another issue with the Long Night prequel, that if it went forward, Martin would probably not be involved very much at all. As mentioned, the Night King does not exist in the books that Martin is writing, and none of the history they'd be looking to adapt really exists, and he has no plans of extending it. That presents a problem for the HBO, because it appears that for a large segment of their fan base, they've been counting on as loyal viewers. The closer any project is to what Martin has written, the better it is. As the seasons went on, people did notice often quite loudly, that Dan and Dave were not the writers that Martin is. As talented as Jane Goldman is at developing and delivering excellent film, if you want to avoid that happening again, where a showrunner is forced to fill in the blanks while Martin steers off to another project, then a wide-ranging prequel with little source material to draw on is not particularly a prudent choice. And so, The Long Night died, despite Jane Goldman and her team's best attempts. What killed it, though, is perhaps surprising. More Targaryens and more dragons. Apparently, the Night King's ability to resist flame did not transfer over to the show being made about him. The new prequel, titled House of the Dragon, was not only picked up to produce a pilot, but Atria was already put in an order for an entire first season. The Long Night only got funded to make a pilot. The difference in showrunners is rather stark to start off with as well. Ryan Condal has been named the co-showrunner taking on the bulk of the writing duties, while noted Game of Thrones director Miguel Saponik taking most of the directing duties. Previously, Dan and Dave worked as head writers together while hiring individual directors to do episodes. Longtime Game of Thrones fans should recognize Miguel as he was the director for six episodes The Gift, Hardhome, Battle of the Bastards, The Winds of Winter, The Long Night, and the bells. The name House of the Dragon is a bit ambiguous though, other than obviously being about the Targaryens in some way. Is it about Danis the Dreamer who saved the Targaryens from the Doom, Egon the Conqueror and his much better sisters Rhaenys and Visenya, Jaehaerys the Conciliator, and again his much better wife Alisane, a resurrected Daenerys who is laying waste to Westeros' Lee Stoneheart style with a dragon. Well no, not exactly. Gern gave us a big hint in his blog post when he inferred to his readers that there are certain books of his that he should pick up to prepare themselves for the show. If you'd like to know a bit more about what the show will be about, well, I can't actually spill those beans, but you might want to pick up a copy of two anthologies I did with Gardner D'Azois, Dangerous Women and Rogues, and then move on to Archmaester Gildane's history, Fire and Blood. While Fire and Blood covers all the Targaryen kings from Aegon the Conqueror to Aegon III the Dragon's Bane, Dangerous Women and Rogues cover a much more specific story called The Dance of the Dragons. The two stories are entitled The Rogue Prince and The Princess and the Queen, both of which tell the tale of how the children of Viserys I fought a civil war after his death, where all of House Targaryen and their dragons battled each other for the Iron Throne burning across Westeros. It's also a story that happens to stay pretty firmly away from topics like the White Walkers, the Children of the Forest, and basically everything else we were hoping to see in the Long Night prequel. To put it simply, if you like the early seasons of Game of Thrones with the War of the Five kings but with dragons you're in luck that's the dance of the dragons although for fans of my channel this is some pretty good news as my video about how strong is about to become very very relevant the strong's a relatively minor house somehow become enormous players in the dance of the dragons on both sides of the war and almost get their bloodline seated on the throne several times the most notable members of the family during this time are harwin breakbones strong is many bastard children, Lord Laris Strong the Spy Master, and Witch Queen of Heron Hall, Alice Rivers. There will be a link in the description if you want to see the inside scoop on the sneakily very important how in the Targaryen Civil War and how wolfish the Strongs really are. Doing the writing for House of the Dragon will be Brian Condell. Condle is best known for his three season near future sci-fi TV show titled Colony that he served as the showrunner for, as well as penning the scripts for the movies Rampage and Hercules, both action movies starring The Rock. It's a decidedly less impressive resume than Jane Goldman, although he appears to have gotten a strong recommendation from Martin himself as Gurm relates in his anecdote about how the two met and became friends. Ryan Condal is new to Westeros, but not to me. I first met Ryan when he came to New Mexico to shoot a pilot for a fantasy western that was not picked up. I visited his set, and we became friendly. Later Ryan created and served as showrunner for the sci-fi series Colony, and we had the honor of doing a premiere screening for the show at the Jean Cocteau. He's also a terrific writer, and a fan of my books since well before we met. He tells me that he discovered the series just after A Storm of Swords was published, and I've loved the books for 19 years. It's interesting to note, however, that The Dance of the Dragons was already pitched to HBO, but did not get picked up. However, afterwards, Martin delivered his unexpected mammoth tome, Fire and Blood, which in particular fleshed out The Dance of the Dragons from beginning to end. That was probably a very significant factor in going forwards with House of the Dragon after HBO declined to order a pilot the first time. In addition to Condell, the writer's room features a wide mix of talents. Martin delivered the best summary of them on his blog. Wes Took was Ryan's right-hand man on Colony, where he served as an executive producer and wrote 13 episodes. Claire Kekel is a young playwright of New York who came to House of the Dragon after stints on the Netflix's The OA and HBO's new Watchmen series. Ty Mickle came to the show from my own Fever River Packet Company, where she served as a writer's assistant, helped in development of a series of short films I hope to produce, and is spearheading the development of tough voyaging as a television series, when she's not working on her own novel. He goes on to say that the four of them work together on the scripts or pitches that got House of the Dragon ordered by HBO. Germ seems, extremely enthusiastic about the project and those running it in a way that he hasn't sounded in quite a long time, even for The Long Night. That's some very good news for book fans and those dissatisfied with the direction of Game of Thrones in the later seasons, as the series will likely have Martin's full support the whole way through and a completed narrative for the writers to follow, that they only need to adapt, not create. Which, if you ask Dan and Dave, adapting is the much easier job when you're working with George R. R. Martin. So what happened in the end to the waltz of Game of* Thrones prequels. It appears that fan reactions may have had a significant impact on HBO's decision making as they opted for the House of the Dragon. The Long Night was going to rely a lot on the creativity of Jane Goldman's team as they tried to pull a complete and interesting story from the vague backstory Martin provided in the world of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones depiction of the Night King and the White Walkers, and whatever George told them in their brainstorming sessions. It also would have drastically changed the setting of the show and would have emphasized a lot more high fantasy, like the children the forest, the First Men, and everything that goes along with that, and given the reaction to King Bran Stark, a sizable amount of the fandom might not have been up for that story. In addition, if you go back and read Martin's blog post, you can notice some interesting language choices by him. The House of the Dragon, he uses pronouns like we, us, our team, yet when he's talking about Jane Goldman's sequel, he distances himself from them. He talks about their team offering condolences, doesn't seem to include himself in the project. It's also fairly clear that he feels much more involved and interested in the House of the Dragon. He wrote Fire and Blood before even finishing Winds of Winter, the book he's been working on for years now. A book that he wrote so quickly that it stunned everyone from fans to his business partner, showing that he has a lot of passion for talking about Targaryen history. That's clearly where his attention and heart is at the moment. As well, he also seems a lot more personally invested with those running House of the Dragon. So you put these all together and it makes sense that HBO would pull the Long Night in order full season of House of the Dragon before Pilot was even shot. For HBO's executives and many fans, the secret solved to Game of Thrones has always been Gurm and his interest and involvement in the project, and especially material he has already finished. Most fans and critics believe that the best episodes of Game of Thrones were in the first four seasons, when the show was still adapting written books and Martin was more involved. The rest of the industry appears to believe the same as HBO. Every novel, short story, and collection that Martin has even touched is being bought up for development of some kind. His short story "Nightfliers" was turned into a television series by Sci-Fi. The series he edits with his friends based on role-playing games, Wild Cards is in production for Hulu. Tough Voyaging, Sand Kings, and who knows how many more of his stories are being explored for the large and small screen, and Martin arming his handpicked writer and director with an entire book to follow for a series. It seems like a really easy choice for the HBO executives. And especially because The Dance of the Dragons will feature what Game of Thrones audiences are already used to and clamor for, civil wars, sibling rivalries, court intrigues, dragons, battles, sword fights, death, sex, and betrayal. They can leave those weird trees, ice zombies, and the ancient starks to the side for now and stick to what they know works. And that is as much George R. R. Martin as they can possibly put on the screen. Thank you very much for watching this video, if you liked it, Make sure to subscribe, comment, share, hit that little bell button so you get notifications of future videos, and slam that like button. Today's video is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering you all a free audiobook with a 30 day free trial. If you've not gotten into the books Game of Thrones is based on, this is a great chance to do it. Just go to audibletrial.com slash joemagician and browse the unmatched selection of audiobooks. Download a free title today on me like a Game of Thrones, and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash joemagician today. Also, if you like this content and want to see more, consider supporting me at patreon.com slash joemagician, where you can get access to video and audio early, the artwork from these videos, your name right out at the end and put in the descriptions, and more. Speaking of which, let's list some of those fine people that have signed up. Thank you to my Blue Wizard patrons, Anthony P, Sanrixian, Steven Stark, and Sue the Fury. And my Archmaester level patrons, Brendan Beefish, Aaron M, KCD, Lady Shar. Leathery Wings, Maester Mary, Nessie the Questing Beast, Jeff and Emmett from Nauticast, Johan, and Zombie Jesus. Thank you all very much for watching. Hope to see you Halloween night.